For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Coach. Uh, last year, you told your team after they lost to Baylor, we will be back here. What was your message after today's game to them? Uh, honestly, my message after today's game was we have to continue to fight for our institution, for our conference. We have to continue to fight for our culture. We have to continue to knock on walls to get respect. We not, we're knocking on walls. You've accomplished some things that hadn't been accomplished in this program and in this conference. But now it's time to come back and knock the walls down. We have to make a strong statement in preseason next year. Another strong statement. And we're going to keep knocking until the respect is there. We're going to keep knocking until we get the same as other institutions. We're going to keep knocking. Because what happens is the transfer portal evens the playing field. And with the playing fields being even, all we ask is for everything to be fair across the board. Yes, we faced a very good team today. A very well-coached team. Yes, we came out with a game plan. Yes, we missed free throws. Yes, we made mistakes. But there were still some other things that played into that, and the world saw it. So for our institution, for our team, for our fight, we're going to continue to knock until we knock those doors down. That's what my, that's what my message was. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 229 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple and Spotify users. Rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Joining me today is none other than Zoe. What up, Zoe? What up, Corey? What's up, V? I love family. And of course, we're talking hoops, so we got to bring it back. Mo knows. What up, Mo? <laughs> What's going on, Corey? Glad to be here. All right, doing well. How you guys doing, fellas? How, how you guys doing? Obviously, you know, big ball game we just had in Baton Rouge. So I, I know throughout the game for me, emotions were running crazy. It was like a, one of those football games, you know, when the football team is playing. We're kind of all over the place emotionally. So I felt that this weekend with this basketball game. So how are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good, Corey. I had to take a blood pressure pill. But other than that, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good. What about you, Zoe? Yeah, man. I am uh, I'm ecstatic. Uh, I hate the outcome of the game. 
but I mean, ecstatic nonetheless. We had a successful season, and uh, as future's bright for JSU, uh, future's just bright for us, you guys. Future's definitely bright. You know, this team, of course, the, we're talking about the Lady Tigers basketball team, the 14th seed in the tournament, highest ever it, for the school, highest ever in the SWAC, and for an HBCU as well. We had a matchup that I think we as fans, and I know the coaching staff and a lot of the players were comfortable with against this LSU team ranked number three or seeded number three. Their head coach is Kim Mulkey, who coached the Baylor team that we faced last season in the tournament. So kind of familiar with what she likes to do. And we like the matchups going in. And, you know, I, I tell you what, we, we early on, it looked like we knew it was going to be a battle. And uh, just as, as the game went on, I felt like it was a game that we could win. Yeah, definitely, Corey. Um, like you just said, with the matchup, styles make matches. Um, if there was a good boxing match, then this is exactly what it would have been. Um, we went every round and we went pound for pound with them. Um, very, very, very excited about the future of this program. But I feel like we really put the world on notice, especially with three minutes left in that game. I feel like we was getting ready to shock the world. Yeah, I concur. I actually, um, watching that game and um, trying my best not to sound like a homer, but just in my own estimation, um, we really show more than just, you know, the nation that we were, you know, we had a chance to win that game. We actually showed that we had the better team on that floor. Uh, we did not look like an underdog at all. We actually, in my estimation, we appeared to be the power five team and they were the underdog. Uh, to have the grit that we show on the road in the hostile environment, you cannot tell that Jackson State was, in, you know, this quote unquote HBCU team, especially with the way, you know, how it looked the, the day prior. And, you know, we were well coached. Uh, Coach Reed was never rattled. She was well composed the entire game as juxtaposed to, you know, Kimoki and the way she carried on throughout this whole entire game. The pressure wasn't on us. Uh, we really showed some moxie. We showed some growth. We really elevated the profile of JSU women's basketball. Yeah, we surely did. And we have to also take into account uh, this NCAA tournament game and we're actually playing on their home floor. Mm-hmm. We're actually in Baton Rouge. So I would have loved to have seen what it would have been like at a neutral site. Facts. I mean, that type of environment, their fan base, basically their referees. <laughs> and, you know, I'll be honest with you, I feel like if it was a neutral site, don't want to sound like a homer, but at a neutral site, a lot of those calls wouldn't have gotten called. And I felt like we would have won by six. I actually felt like we would have won by more. Um, bear in mind, this is, uh, if you look at the history of HBCU sports, uh, this specifically in basketball. Also, we're talking about women's basketball where the talent gap is so much wider than in men's basketball. But to take a team on the road, hostile environment, to actually go down by 17 in the manner in which we did and to actually come back, erase that, walk them down, and then go up by 10 on the road. That's a 27-point turnaround. I mean, yeah, and we completely dominated them in that third quarter. And so, like like I said, we actually showed that we had the better team, you know, on the floor. And we just came up short. What I like most about it is not just having a better team. We had the deeper team. And oh, definitely. Without doubt. Facts. Without a doubt. And we, obviously, we spoke with uh, one of their beat writers, uh, Matthew Bruni, on the preview show. And he talked about a lack of depth for LSU. And I know that this postseason, Coach Reed, for the most part, has gone eight deep. She went with nine players for this game against LSU due to some early foul trouble. She brought in Hunter uh, for a few minutes. But we've typically been eight deep in postseason play. Uh, but from a depth standpoint, it was clear that we were the deeper team. 
by far. And 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 that that statement alone is oxymoronic when you typically <laughs> think about the history of HBCU ball. You know, because think about it. Hey, this is a power five school. They got these great resources. They have this great you know roster of talent. But yet, still, it was those lovely ladies from Lynch Street who we had the deeper team that speaks to what Coach Reed was doing recruiting wise. That speaks to the coaching up and development of the players over you know the past three seasons that she's acquired. So you know, yes, lots of people may say, "Well, this is Kim Mulkey's first year," but again, this is still LSU. This is still it's, a it's, best SEC school, exactly. And the fact that we had a deeper team, and again, I felt like uh, you know, again. You look at the way Kim Mulkey was the sideline. She was she was pressed. I mean, she literally was in tears on the sideline. She was crying. Yeah, she was literally crying on the sideline. That's it's, it's it's photographs of it. I mean, I I personally felt like she was throwing a fit to like get any referees attention that she can. Like, man, y'all got to bail me out of some shit form <laughs> of fashion. But and Reed and Coach Reed was on JSU side, like composed. I mean, she knew that she had the better team. She knew she had a legitimate chance to win this game. And I just love the classic coaching that Coach Reed done in this game. How her team responded to a technical foul. Oh, man, that was just classic. That was just classic. She did what she needed to do to fire her team up and put a charge into them. I want to go back to something that Zoe said, obviously being down by 17 points. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's being talked about enough because typically when a HBCU-level team faces a Power five team, especially in the NCAA tournament, when you're talking about a one, two, three seed versus a you know 14, 15, 16 seed. When that power five goes up by double digits, especially 17 pushing towards 20, what happens to that score? It usually does what? The hang their head down. Yeah. And the score balloons. But not not only did we not allow this score to balloon, we fought back and took the lead. So let's just talk about that for a second, the composure of these young ladies. Because last season they talked about it going into the game. Last season they thought that they were ready but they weren't quite prepared for what they were going to face against Baylor. But this season, largely the same group of ladies, who actually had a couple of key, huge additions, as <laughs> a matter of fact. Uh, but for the most part, the same group of young ladies, when they went down, they didn't blink. They fought right back. Well, well, let me touch on that, too, because honestly, man, in life, experience is your best teacher. Well, guess what? Just this season alone, we were actually down by 19, I believe it was, to Texas at the half. And mm-hmm. guess what we did? We actually walked them down again, and we tied that game up. We uh, battled those girls so hard that Vic Schaefer, the head coach for the University of Texas, is actually online. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. He came into Jack State's locker room, and he told them, it was like, you guys are awesome. Like you, He gave them so much praise because, again, this is little old Jackson State. And, yes, they did the same thing. So, again, we had that experience when we came down to LSU. And they went into the halftime, and they stayed and said, hey, we've been here before. You know, and there again, Coach Reed was calm, but but also to add another point to the fact of being down uh, in that manner was, was the fact that when she got that technical, I gotta mention this. That was by design. This mm-hmm. wasn't some. This wasn't some. Oh, I'm just. Uh, I'm in the heat of the moment and I'm overreacting. She blatantly stated that, "Hey, I I couldn't really uh, communicate with the official, so hey, let me use this means as a way to get uh, get up onto my team." Mm-hmm. And so she purposely chose to get a tech, and it worked brilliantly. Again, coaching. 
coaching. classic coaching. It was very calculated. Like you said, just to piggyback off of you, we were very battle-tested group. You had a group of girls that have been there, had a couple of a couple of transfers that have played at the Power 5 level. And I really love how Crump really got into this game. Crump mm-hmm. and Wood were so fired up in this game. And even when we got down, just how we clawed and stretched, you can't measure heart. You cannot measure the heart of this team. And we show we have a bigger heart. Yeah, yeah, m- most definitely, man. And, 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 oh, my God, Maya Crump, man, she just – She the moment. She she she, 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 the moment. She, 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 was, she was her steady self, man, but Deja Woodard as well. Mm-hmm. Woodard was actually trending for a quick little second, man. We got to bring <laughs> it up. Man, did you see – people actually thought she was trying to catch that joker off, uh-huh. catch the ball off the rim, and she actually but grabbed that. the rim and hung it up for two, for, mm-hmm. with two hands. A couple she of was, times. You had plenty of coaches like, hey, did you guys see this? Like, and even the, the commentators were just in awe when she would go up and get a rebound. They just talked about her her burst. Uh, obviously, we know that, no, she can actually dunk the basketball, but the commentators probably know that, and they were just uh, amazed at her ability to get off the floor. But, but yeah, their, their talent, uh, it showed, it shined. Uh, I mean, not only that, Amisha. Amisha battled. Man, she battled. She didn't – It started she, slow. Started she, slow. She, she started slow, but – but yet again, to still end the game with 15 points to 12 boards, man, and not even her best performance. And, you know, again, th- those transfers came in. They, they they did what they needed to do. And then, again, it was it was the whole team contributed. Bowler uh, made some good effort plays with the minutes that she's got. You know, um, Coverton came in and got a few shots in the, in, in the first half uh, in that run. I'm sorry, in that third quarter run. Miracle Seals rebounding. Um, La Miracle Sims has been huge, especially in the postseason. I mean, she's provided us with a spark, some key buckets, and and this production that we've needed. And now she carried carried that over to the tournament. She's been the steady Eddie. She has been the steady Eddie of this team. Nothing flashy. She just gets the job done. Lucky came in and had some good on, had some good defense in the uh, and created a a few turnovers in that third quarter run as well. But um. Yeah, man, it was a total team effort. Total team effort, man. And I'd be remiss not to even mention Deja Rogan. You know, Rogan uh, missed her first couple of shots, and then she actually came back, hit a couple of threes. She penetrated, and she was, you know, getting uh, – Misha was starting slow, and Deja was actually able to get into the lane, get the defense to collapse and make a couple of passes to the Misha to get her going as well. And I'll say this. Rogan probably had one of the toughest – um, jobs having to stay in front of Pointer the rest of the whole game. Um, when we weren't in zone, that was her assignment. She had to slow down Pointer. So I really applaud Rogan and what she's done. And even with her being a senior and what she's done in her career at Jackson State, I'm very, very proud to have her as a Jackson State Tiger. Absolutely. You know, decorated career for both her and Amisha Williams Holiday. We, we're going to miss them both. Uh, they've done great things for this program. And they put us in a position to just move forward uh, with, you know, just kind of with what they've established on Lynch Street along with Coach Reed. Quick follow-up. What has Amisha Williams meant to this program? Because I kind of alluded to transfer report. I think she kind of proved that, hey, this can happen. These kind of things can happen. Just what she meant to the program and her performance and, you know, being a WNBA prospect uh, potentially as well. Amisha means everything to this program, you know, just to start, just for us to even get her here into the program. Um, 
begging her to come play. She said she didn't like to run. I said, you don't have to run. We'll figure that running part out. Uh, then 30 minutes later, she sent me a picture of a pregnancy test. And I said, I don't care. I just want you in school. And so to see her come, and she has grown tremendously. Um, I've watched her grow from from the first time I met her in high school to now. I've, I've seen her grow. I've seen her grow as a young lady, as a young woman, as a wife, as a mother. Uh, she's helped make me a better person. She's helped me believe. She she's the she's the one who who's built this program. You know, because she believed enough in me. Others followed her. You know, and others followed them. She said she has opened the door. The ceilings that we're trying to crack. She has that's what she has done for the program. Um, and and even though this is her last game for Jackson State University, she's going to continue to open the door for, for for our conference, for our institution, for our HBCU community. Um, you know, we're trying to get her drafted. You know, she's a top player from Mississippi State. Has she been at Mississippi State right now? She'll be top four on the draft board. All right, but she chose to come to Jackson State University, and I don't want her to be uh, held back because of that. She did great for this institution, and I think she'll be great in the WNBA. Someone take a chance on her. That's another door that's open for our HBCU community. She means everything to this program, everything to me, and everything to our HBCUs. But let's just pause to, to give this team – obviously, we came up on the short end of the stick, but – in the hearts of the fans, we don't even look at this as a loss. We're just so proud of these young ladies and what they accomplished, what they were able to do. The final score, whatever. Like, I blocked that out of my mind. I'm just so proud to be a Tiger. Uh, for Again, for them to go on, on national TV and put forth that type of effort and leave no doubt that they can compete with this LSU team and should have won this game. So just what they've done all season, just historic. This has been a historic, historic season. I mean, what, 21 straight wins going into that game, 18-0 yes. and 0 in conference play. I mean, what more can we say about this team? Well, well, one thing, um, I really feel like the game uh, against LSU set the floor for Jackson State's program. That's what it feels like. It feels like a changing of the tide. It feels like a new JSU really is being birthed. Uh, I believe that – you know, with what was uh, what happened going to that game with the longest winning streak in the country, you know, to know that we won 18 games uh, in conference for the first time ever on the cusp of great history, being the first 14 seed to be the three seed as well as be the first SWAC team, you know, uh, to win uh, NCAA tournament game. We left a lot on the floor and we realized that it's a new day. So you, you're hopeful because of what we have coming back and you really get the feeling that this is a new beginning of uh, that. Again, what happened in this season, this season set the floor mm -hmm. for what's to come for Jackson State women's basketball. And I'll say this, I feel like we're the most dangerous program in America right now. Mm. Facts. Um, anyone who watched that game know without a shadow of a doubt, Jackson State women's basketball program is something to be reckoned with. Um, we we definitely showed that we deserved that 14 seat, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I expect for us to go even higher next year. I expect for us to get around that 11 and 12 range, if not better than that. I really feel like um, we definitely can and will win some some of those Power Five games that we came short with this year, and we're it's it's, it's just gonna get better. For, it's only up from here. It's only up from here. I think this showing let. 
uh, the, the selection committee know that we're for real. So if we can duplicate some of this success, I think, like Zoe said, that this team, and I think this 14 seed is the floor coming back next year. I, I think we'll get that respect. And Kevin Frazier, who's an NBA guy, he was on Twitter, and he said, no way this team should have been a 14 seed. So I, I think going forward, again, with similar success, the selection committee knows it's the team for real, and we'll get a higher seed. Well, well I actually believe what this game against LSU highlights and shows in the mind of America is that – if Jackson State were to recreate the exact same season that they had this year, and let's say we hey, we have these Power 5 games, we don't win any of them, but we're competitive in all of them, and we go 18-0 in conference play again, I can assure you we won't be a 14 seed. That's what, you, that's what that game against LSU did for us. I believe going forward, if the same thing were to happen, we would possibly be like a 10 or 11 seed. I really believe that. Exactly, and I don't want to play another team on their home floor in the NCAA tournament. I mean, just period. Get us out of that. Make it fair. Make it a good neutral site. Let's see what happens. Roll the ball. Absolutely. Let's see Back. what happens. And, you know, just as we look forward, I talked about the loss of Michelle Williams, Holiday, and Rogan. Obviously, we have a couple of other seniors who you could potentially return depending on eligibility and, you know, COVID and things, things of that nature. But I think the team that we saw – play against LSU again it was on ESPNU so the, the nation was watching it was trending on Twitter so from a recruiting standpoint what do you think that showing can do for coach Reed we already know she can go in there and get it done recruiting wise but now with that added exposure and attention what do you think it could do and she talked about post game she said transfer portal over and over and over she's going to hit the portal she, she said i want somebody who's <laughs> playing in the sweet 16 that's the type of mentality she has and the aggressiveness she has going after transfer portal plays coach each each year you guys are just getting closer and closer and better and better i know you have a lot of takeaways after each season and looking at this season and how this game played out i guess what do you and your coaching staff want to address going into next year given that you guys are you know so close to to meeting these ultimate goals you know, we want to continue to recruit bigger, continue to recruit bigger guards, continue to recruit bigger players, continue to recruit players like Maya Crump, who's played on this on, at this level. You know, players who are not fearful, players going to continue to, to take this program forward. Every year, my staff has done a great job in recruiting great talent. And, and, and so what, what happens is who we face in the tournament is what we begin to measure ourselves on. So, you know, we, we gotta get we just gotta continue to recruit better athletes. And um and and I'm I'm not saying anything is wrong with my team now, don't get me wrong, but obviously we, we wanna continue to put those pieces there because you have to continue to climb. You gotta continue to climb and, and you're only gonna do that when you um bring in the top athletes and we have that coming. You know, we have some pretty big commitments right now, some pretty big signees and so we're gonna keep building this thing and um, we're going to wear this transfer portal out, you know. I hope I can find somebody who in the Sweet 16 this year, somebody who can make it to the Elite Eight. I'm going to get them, you know. So you, when you can bring that type of experience to your program, this doesn't happen again. We're knocking. We're knocking. And I'm telling you, we're going to knock that door down next year. Well, I tell you what, uh, watching that game, honestly, I really wouldn't be surprised if any young lady was actually watching the game, maybe at a power five already, or even in high school, watching the game and saying, you know what? That team is good. They're a piece away. Mm -hmm. I can go there and get and help get them over the hump. To harp on that too, you know, you look at uh and, and 
to kind of marry it to, you know, the whole philosophy of what Coach Prime had. You know, Coach Reed has that same mindset, you know. So basically that was a start. This game was a start in leveling the playing field. Coach Reed mentioned that after the game. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, she basically she said that her mantra is, hey, we've won, you know, regular season titles. We've won the conference title. So, you know, what's the next goal? Because we're always trying to set new goals and, you know, create new boundaries. So guess what? The next plateau is to win these Power 5 non-conference games. And, hey, let's make some noise in the NCAA tournament. Because I let people know all the time, we're Division One in all sports. This is not football where we're in FCS, where there's a different barrier. No, we're D1 and everything else. And, you know, we have every tangible thing that we need, at least right now, to where we could be a major, a mid-major and a major player in the sport of basketball in women's sports. And we showed that we just need consistency with it now. So now again, we set the floor. We we and also look at the elevation that we have because again, we go into the you know previous year, we get robbed the floor with Baylor. We got that experience and we're better from it. And you see the growth from year to year. So like now we competed, we know we should have we should have won and we let one get away. So now you juxtapose that going into next season. We have we have our goal set in play because our goal now is not to just, hey, we're gonna try to win the swag and you know, hey, we'll just lay down, you know, because and, and be okay with knowing that we won the, the swag tournament. No, we're making an actual tangible goal to say, hey, we want to win these non-conference games because it, we want to do the best thing we can to get the highest seed possible. And we want to make a run at a national championship. It's actually tangible and realistic. And that's what we're doing. So it's an expectation to beat these Power 5 schools. Think about that. It's not a hope or I think we can. They go in expecting to beat the Power 5 program. That's a profound statement. Yes. Whenever the president of the United States picks you to win, <laughs> that says <laughs> a lot. When the president of the United States picks you to win in his bracket, that says a lot. The expectation is there. Um, And to answer your question, Corey, if I'm Coach Reed, I got this game on USB. I got it on my YouTube. I got it on even tapes. I have this game plastered everywhere for any recruit to see to show you, look, we're only one piece away. I've been telling y'all, and you watch what I've been saying the last two years. I've been practicing what I've been preaching. Now it's time to go to the next level. And to get to the next level, again, I want to go back to recruiting. That's where it starts. But that's where it continues with recruiting because she's already been doing a great job of recruiting. But if you look at this team, six of her eight rotation players for the postseason are from Mississippi. Okay? So with the added exposure nationwide, I think she's going to be able to expand that recruiting base. Not to say she hasn't been recruiting nationally already, because obviously we have uh, Crump from Houston. We obviously just got a big time six, five post player, former McDonald's all American from all the way over on the West coast. Uh, obviously uh, Woodard as well. She's not from Mississippi. So she's been obviously recruited outside of the state, but again, the majority of the players are from right there within Mississippi. So if we can, if she can expand that, that, that footprint to a national scale, what do you think that'll do for the talent level on this team? It's going to rise exponentially. Um, like I said, that game helped our profile. And and Coach Reed herself, you know, in-game, and I really believe she won it even more after the game. Her press conference was – Oh, yeah. Her, her press conference was that something was... to behold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tamika really shined after the game. Follow up on that. We are less than 24 hours from what the world witnessed South Carolina do to Howard. 
How do you think your team and their play today against Baylor kind of earned that respect for your institution and for HBCUs across the country? Well, I, I hope it has given them um, a sense of pride that we can do it. You know, I hope it has encouraged everybody. I mean, obviously we didn't win. I don't know what y'all saw, but all I feel is a loss, you know. Um, but if you, if anybody could take anything away from it, it's that we can and we will. We will. We will. You'll see a change. We're going to keep working. And, it's going to, and, when, and when the change starts, it's going to go across the board. It's going to go across the board. And it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what position we are. It doesn't matter what institution. No, it doesn't matter what conference. It's supposed to be the same across the board. And that's, really... You talk about trending. That's what's trending, that post-game press conference. Yeah, she, uh, if you look at some of the retweets that it's getting from you know, people with blue check marks, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, she, it, it was, and it, it came straight from the heart. You know, I, I've, I've known Tamika pretty much all her life, and yeah, it came from the heart. And uh, one thing I know about her, she is going to – she took that loss last year and she grew from it. And, again, she got better this year and it showed in the team. She's going to take this loss here and she's going to benefit from it and she's going to grow and be better for it. The program is going to be better for it. She's going to recruit with a ver- with a, with a vigor uh, like none other. Jack State, uh, I'm, telling, I'm telling you, this is not with any blue and white glasses on. I mean, just knowing her, knowing uh, her mentality, and again, just watching the process, and just even if you look from afar, just look at the growth from year to year. Look at the moves that they made, and they've gotten exponentially better from season to season. And there's some consistency there. And uh, like I said, I can't, I can't say it enough. Good things are on the horizon for J, for JSU. And I agree 110 percent, though. Um, just like you said, just looking at where the program was when she first got here and looking at where we are right now, hey, she's a rising star. And I'm looking forward to what we do next year. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be hard to top, but she's topped herself every single season. So the expectations are high. You know, what a, a pleasure and honor it is to have Coach Reed at the helm. And she, you know, we've talked about it on the show before. She's a Jacksonian. She did not attend Jackson State, but obviously from Jackson, grew up in Jackson, went to Murrah High School. And I think she is like the the adopted alum for us. She is the I love all the way. So she is one of ours. And again, we are just, hey, we're fortunate to have her on Lynch Street. Very much so. All right. Well, it's been a great season. And I just look forward to, you know, another exceptional season from Coach Reed and the Lady Tigers. Shout out to her staff as well. You know, something that we we must mention, and we've talked about it on previous shows, but it's time to reiterate it. She lost two assistants. She lost her, her two assistants. Well, sure two did. of her three assistants. So to be able to bring in two brand new assistants over the course of the offseason and to not skip a beat, to not only not skip a beat, to improve your ball club, because obviously that's, you know, new voices in the room. Obviously there's a trust factor. There's a relationship that has to be built. Uh, so for you to improve your squad, that just goes to show her leadership is just uh, top notch. And if you look at Coach Williams and Coach Campbell, just the rapport, you can see it just through social media, even if you're not there, just the rapport and the relationship that they have with the players and the camaraderie. And, you know, they've bought into what Coach Reed is doing and the players are br- have brought into what the dude the two new assistants have brought to the table as well. Just a testament to Coach Reed's foresight and leadership. Yeah, very much so. To do it with a new staff says a lot. There's something about that common denominator core. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Coach Reed. She's common yes, denominator. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. Well, again, salute to the Lady Tigers. Salute to Coach Reed. 
Thank you for an amazing historic season, and we look forward to bigger and better and even more historical things next season. The I love go Tigers. The I love man go Tigers. And that'll do it for episode 229 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple and Spotify listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And that all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always... Thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.